The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hello, everyone. So, the topic is seclusion. The the Pali word, the ancient Buddhist word for this seclusion is viveka. And I, I evoke it because the English word seclusion is not very inspiring for most English-speaking people. And But it's a very important term, a concept or a state, this idea of seclusion. And it's uh, one of the uh, core places that's most often used in the teachings of the Buddha is seclusion is the gate or the doorway into samadhi, into being really settled and focused here. And, um, and the Buddha talks about uh, the bliss of seclusion. And he associates with all kinds of wonderful states. He associates it with peace. He associates it with contentment. He associates it with being disentangled from entanglements with everything. It's a very positive. And so in India, the word viveka has a lot of positive associations. I think maybe kind of like in the United States, I think the word independence has a lot of, like that gets people's attention, you know. It's, it's, you know, and... um, but Vivek, I think, and um, and it's a very important word in Indian culture in general. But what's interesting is that uh, in Hinduism, the word has a different meaning than what it has in Buddhism. In Buddhism, seclusion kind of makes the most sense as an English translation, even though that doesn't inspire us the way the original context that Viveka did. Um, so it makes sense in Buddhist context, but in the Hindu context, it means something different. And there, it's um, more often translated into English as um, uh, wisdom or discernment or discrimination or something really grand. And, um, you know, it's a really, really kind of intelligent discernment or understanding of what's going on. And how did these two religions end up with two different meanings of the word? The word viveka means to separate something out, to distinguish something, to separate out. And in the Buddhist context, it became we're separating two things out, something that's healthy from something that's unhealthy, something that's helpful from something that's not helpful. In the Hindu context, the most famous phrase in uh, kind of the Hindi, Hindu kind of canon uh, uh, is, um, I think it's from the Upanishads, is um, viveka is to distinguish the real from the unreal. So it, it's there again, what it means there is to separate out, to be able to see the distinction between two things so they can be separate. Because once you can see the difference between what's real and unreal, then in, then in this Hindu approach, you want to focus on the, what's real, not what's unreal. In the Buddhist, uh, we, we kind of avoid kind of these kinds of philosophical or metaphysical statements about real and what's real and unreal. But in the Buddhist context, it's often we're focusing on 
uh, functionality, what functions for a particular purpose that leads to something useful and helpful. Um, and so it's more functional in there. So there it became, um, the, the, the word seclusion became uh, distinguishing between what's healthy and not healthy, or helpful and not helpful. And so one's, one distinction, one separation that's seen is the difference between uh, meditating in, um, in um, Grand Central Station at peak commute hours or meditating in a quiet room or meditating out in nature under a tree where it's really peaceful and quiet. So to distinguish that there's, good, there's useful places to go meditate and places that are maybe a little too chaotic for really that to work. And so the Buddhists put an emphasis, one of the meanings of seclusion is to take yourself someplace apart from the busyness, the loudness, the chaos of life, where things are simpler and quieter. So you're not so distracted, you can really take time to get to know yourself. And so that's the first kind of, uh, some list, the first meaning of seclusion. It means to go on retreat, to retreat into a place where it's good and quiet to sit. And some people do that in their own in their own home. They have a quieter place to go and and meditate because you know if you meditate right next to I don't know the kitchen, uh, you know it made me isn't maybe not the best place or something. Especially if someone's cooking and have the radio on at the same time. So um, so to distinguish it, this, this this that distinction is a valid distinction, a functionally useful distinction. And then, but the more important one, the one about the, how it's an entryway into, into deeper meditation, is that um, its important distinction is a distinction between what is wholesome and unwholesome. The mental states, the mental thoughts, the mental activity we have that's healthy for us to have and unhealthy for us. That's helpful for us to have and unhealthy for us. Once we make that distinction, then we can no longer invest a lot of energy and time into the unhealthy ones. The mind still makes them, they bubble up, but we're not, no longer uh, believing in them, we're no longer trusting them, we're no longer invested in them, which many people are. Some people are really invested in their anger, or in their hurt, <clears throat> or in their greed, or in their jealousy, or all kinds of things that we believe in, not consciously, but kind of, if you look at your mind, see what it does, wow, it really believes in the value of fear. (laughs) I'm just completely kind of locked into my fear and, you know, writing it and being it. And, um, but there's another way, so to no longer believe in those unhelpful states, no longer invest a lot into them, no longer in, um, attack them and try to destroy them, and which is more un- unwholesomeness. There's another way, and this ability to see and dis- distinguish a better way, a way of mindfulness, a way of kindness, a way of of um, allowing something so that we can s- let it dissolve by itself. There's a lot of healthy ways of being, and so once we have that distinction be able to see that for ourselves, which takes mindfulness, takes wisdom, and you know, oh, there's what's useful to be involved in and what's not useful to be involved in. 
<clears throat> then we separate ourselves from the unwholesome and we choose the wholesome. So that is the, uh, the, one of the main meanings of uh, this word viveka in Buddhism, which is um, you know, translated as seclusion. And now we're secluding ourselves or separating ourselves from the unwholesome states of mind. And to do that in a healthy way, an appropriate way. And then again, the word seclusion in English probably doesn't do justice to this healthy separation because seclusion kind of has some feeling sometimes of, of um, marginalizing something or, or shutting down something or closing ourselves off somehow. So that's not what we mean, but it means you know, we, we, there's a path and, and we choose the path that's more healthy for us. <clears throat> so it's only by doing that, by somehow quieting the unhealthy agitation of the mind, the hindrances in particular, uh, that uh, they become quiet enough that we feel we're se- oh, now we're separated from them enough. Not, and, uh, you know, to call it secluded from them might be a little bit awkward, but uh, you know, they're no longer so strong, they're no longer grabbing me, I'm no longer in their grip, and so now I'm separated from them enough for me to start becoming more concentrated, to be more focused. And then uh, the third meaning of seclusion is that um, this word viveka is that it's a synonym for uh, awakening itself. It's a synonym for non-clinging. It's a synonym for a profound peace. And so the Buddha talks about the peace of seclusion. He talks about the bliss of seclusion. And he talks about seclusion as kind of a this freedom from clinging. And so here also, what's important here is there's a distinction being made a discrimination that's being made between clinging and not clinging. And one is more healthy than the other. And once we have enough, uh, enough experience of non-clinging that it's palpable or knowable or we see that this is wise and healthy, then the idea is that because we see that distinction, we have more choice. We have more discernment. We have more ability to to say, what, what do you invest in? What do you give yourself to? And the idea that is you don't give yourself to the clinging. You give yourself to the non-clinging, which at some point as practice develops, is accessible. It's kind of, you have a sense of it, you have a feel for it. It's kind of, you know, it's there also. And so when we give ourselves to the, to the non-clinging, then there's viveka from the clinging. And so awakening is a kind of viveka, a discrimination, a wisdom, a discernment, an intelligent intelligence <clears throat> that um, allows us to be apart from something that's unhealthy. So the word viveka means to separate apart. In the Buddhist context, we translate it as seclusion. In the Hindu context, it's translated as discrimination, discernment, intelligence, wisdom, uh, realization even sometimes. And, um, and uh, because in both contexts it means we're separating something apart and choosing the healthy one. <clears throat> so, um, so you might want to consider seclusion or viveka, the separation. And one, uh, one of the associations I have with it 
um, which, you know, was inspired by the rain today, these days, is that um, seclusion is cozy. Seclusion is just kind of like coming in, gathering together and being kind of intimate here. Oh, this is good to be here. Just like in a big storm, uh, you know, if you're indoors, it's dry and warm. And the storm is like, gets your attention. Um, it, you know, you're not thinking about politics anymore. You're thinking about just like, wow, this is nature. This is life. And, and it feels so cozy, so intimate, so nice to be here in a safe, good way. So that's in that kind of way. Oh, this is good to be secluded. It's good to be gathered together, intimate, cozy, away from all those pesky hindrances that seem to be following me everywhere I go. This is good. It just feels good to be here. This is good to finally have a, a quieting of my hindrance, my, my clinging. It's so good. Now let me appreciate that. Let me, let me be close to it. Let me be intimate. Let me be cozy. Um, and um, so maybe one day we'll translate in the Buddhist context, viveka, as cozy. Go to a foot of a tree. Go, go and be cozy at the foot of a tree in an empty room. Go and be cozy. And, and cozy enter into deep meditation. Go be cozy so you don't have to cling anymore. So viveka. It's a very important term, but it's difficult to understand the, the delight of it, the bliss of it. And, um, and I'll end with a little little story of the um, one of the first biggest uh, most important Indian spiritual teachers who came to the United States to have a big impact on bringing Eastern Indian spirituality to America was a Swami who in 1893 came to the first uh, Parliament of World Religions in Chicago. It was a big event. And he um, gave us a talk that really had standing ovation and made a big impact on a lot of people. But his name was uh, Vivekananda. The joy of Viveka. So um, may you have the joy of Viveka, joy of seclusion. Thank you.